0: In this episode, I give you the number one lesson I've learned from years of using Flopzilla Pro and how you can use Flopzilla Pro to improve your flop play. It's study time, y'all. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi. Let's get you learning and taking action. I am so excited about today's episode because I just put the finishing touches on my really lengthy, really good Flopzilla Pro course. And I think for those of you who have been struggling with Flopzilla Pro uh, for a long time, this is the exact course for you. And this podcast is going to outline why it is such a valuable software and why you need to learn it and why you need the Flopzilla Pro course to help you learn it. Because I've put my years of of, uh, of actual practical usage with uh, with Flopzilla Pro, not just my own use, but using it to help my students analyze their hands, do hand reading and all that stuff. You're truly going to love this episode and the Flopzilla Pro course that it's related to. Now, there's going to be plenty of numbers and ranges and flops that I'm discussing within this video, so it's really going to be helpful if you go to the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com Flopzilla Pro. If you follow along there as you listen to the podcast, that's just going to be double trouble, baby. Visual learning and auditory learning at the same time. All right, without further ado, let's a do this, Gambate! Woohoo! I'm a college man! I won't need my high school diploma anymore! I am too smart! I am too smart! I am too smart! I am too smart! S-M-R-T! I mean s m a r t So I've been using Flopzilla and uh, the newest incarnation, Flopzilla Pro, for at least five years now. Absolutely love the program. The best hand-reading software there is the best uh, range analysis, equity analysis software as well. Now, I've been using it for so long, but I can actually tell you the most important lesson I ever learned from the software. And that lesson is your ranges, no matter how tight it is, miss the flop more often than it hits the flop. Go to the show notes page once again for today, smartpokercuddy.com slash Flopzilla Pro so you can see a screenshot of what I'm about to tell you. So uh, right there in the screenshot, and I'm looking at Flopzilla Pro on my screen right now, I have a 20% open raising range. It's the kind of range that you might open raise with in the cutoff. It's every pocket pair, the best broadways, ace, deuce suited all the way up, and then seven, six suited and better. So every pair, Best broadways, suited aces, suited connectors, the best suited connectors. Now, this 20% range, which is a relatively tight range for a cutoff player, it hits on the flop, on an average flop, top pair or better, or the open-ended straight draw or better, only 35% of the time. So if it hits 35% of the time, quick quiz, how often does it miss? Yep, simple math, 65% percent of the time. That means two out of every three flops, you're not going to hit top pair or better. You're not going to hit an open and straight draw. You're not going to hit a flush draw either. So because this happens most of the time, why do we have the attitude? When we miss the flop, why do we automatically think, dang it, I missed the flop again? we shouldn't be bummed out. We shouldn't be upset when we miss the flop because it's going to happen two out of every three times, like I would already said. So what is a better attitude that we can have when we actually do miss that flop? For myself, I try to have the attitude of, great, the flop came out. My opponent probably missed it as well. How can I bluff them off the hand? So there's another screenshot on the show notes page. You can see the 20% range versus a 30% callers range. This is like a, a very common situation. Open raise in the cutoff. A big blind caller calls with a 30% range, with the, which is full of pocket pairs, suited connectors, suited gappers, uh, the best broadways other than ace, king, and every ace, offsuit and suited. If we look at that player's 30% range, they only hit the flop 29% of the time. That means a whopping 71% of the time they completely missed. Sure, if they're a fish, they might, you know, be willing to stick around with the gut shots, with the second pair, with the third pair, with the pocket deuces on an ace high flop, you know, but for the most part, they missed 79% of the time, which gives you a really good opportunity to bluff. And so if you have a good opportunity to bluff 79% of the time, that better attitude to have is great. How can I get him to fold? As opposed to, drat, I missed the flop again. You want to have that positive can-do, Go get em, tiger kind of attitude. And saying all that just brings me back around to that first point, this is actually the most important lesson I learned from Flopzilla Pro. Now, let me give you a quick quiz right here. You've got that 20% range. Remember, all the suited aces, every pocket pairs, the best suited connectors and almost every Broadway, the best Broadways. You're up against that 30% callers range. Now, which is the best flop for you to bluff that caller on? Try to visualize this in your mind. Of course, you can see screenshots of this in the show notes page, smartpokestudy.com slash Flopzilla Pro. But here are the three flops that come out. The first flop is Ace, Nine, Deuce, Rainbow. The second flop is is 10, 10, 5. The third flop is 6, 7, 8, all spades. So which one is the best to bluff them on? Well, utilizing Flopzilla Pro, really quick and simple calculation, 10, 10, 5 is the best one. With that 30% range, they miss this board 75% of the time. The ace, nine, deuce board, they miss that 60% of the time. And the six, seven, eight, all spades, they miss it 50% of the time. Now, on all of these boards, you might have had pocket threes, right, completely whiffed on all of them. Doesn't matter that you whiffed and you didn't hit your set. The fact of the matter is you want to think about your opponent's range and how well it interacts with the board. And because you didn't hit anything, the best way for you to win this hand is to make them fold. And that 10-10-5 flop is the best of these three. Now let's dive into these three boards a little bit more. Uh, the board that this 30% range interacted with the best, it hit top pair better and open-ended straight draws are better, was the 6-7-8 all spades. Why do you think that is? Why did the wide 30% range interact with this board most favorably? Now, this is one of the other things I do when I use Flopzilla Pro. Enter a range, enter a board, but you want to think in your head, why does it interact this way? Why does it hit 50% of the time? Well, I think the reason why is because the six, seven, eight are all connected right there, bam, 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 in a row, three spades as well. Our opponent has a ton of offsuit hands, especially all those offsuit aces and offsuit broadways, ace of spades, king of spades, queen of spades, all of those have a flush draw. Our opponent also has six five, seven, five, uh uh nine eight, ten eight, nine seven, eight, seven. So many hands, the middle card hands in their range hit two pair, they hit sets, they hit pair plus draw, they hit a straight, they flopped a flush. The ace deuce of spades on the six, seven, eight of spades. Yeah, so you can see there are so many hands within the opponent's 30% range that just interact well with the 6-7-8. It's such a wet board, it makes so many possibilities for our opponent, so that's the worst pot or the worst flop for us to bluff. What about the next worst one, that Ace-9-Deuce? Once again, we have pocket threes, maybe, and we completely whiffed on the Ace-9-Deuce, and our opponent, though, with their 30% range, once again, they hit it 60 i'm sorry they hit it forty uh, 40 of the time they miss 60 why do they hit this one so well well if you remember what the ace was composed of it had every single ace ace queen suited all the way through ace deuce suited ace queen off through ace deuce off suit and so all those aces make up a a pretty big majority of their non-paired hands that's why they interact with this so well. They have 32% of the time, or 32% of their range actually hits a top pair hand uh right here with this one. Plus, they do have pocket deuces and nines for a couple of sets. They have the ace-nine, the ace-deuce for two pair as well, so... They interact with this one quite well. Now, it's not the end of the world if the opponent has king-queen, queen-jack, pocket sixes. They're probably folding on the ace-nine-deuce. That's why they're still missing 60% of the time, so it's a decent board to bluff on. But it's not as good as the 10-10-5. So that leads to the final question. Why is 10-10-5 such a great board to bluff on? Well, with 10-10-5, there's no kind of straight draw, not even a gut shot available right? The 10 and the 5 are just not connected in any way. It's a paired board, meaning that there's two 10s on the board, and that limits really the number of 10s our opponent can have. Sure, there's two more Ace-10 suited, and two more King-10 suited, and two more Queen-10 suited they can hold, so they do have potential trips in their range. But think about all those Aces in their range. Ace-Queen, Ace-7, Ace-8, all those completely whiffed. The King-Queen, the King-Jack, the Queen-Jack, all of those whiffed as well. The deuces, threes, and fours, those are going to fold. And even the 9-7, the 9-8, eight, the 8-6, eight, the 7-5, all those hands that connected with the six seven eight flop, those all completely whiffed on this one as well. Oh, I'm sorry. The 6-5 and 7-5 have a bottom pair, but still pretty weak. You might be able to get the proper opponent to fold those hands, at least maybe not on the flop, but on the turn, you can double barrel them off. So that's another thing I love to do is analyze why the ranges miss. And the more of this kind of work that you do, whether it's just picking random ranges and random boards and kind of analyzing what's happening, or actually doing hand history reviews, pulling, you know, a hand from your database, run it through Philopzilla, see how the equities change as the hand progresses, but also see what kind of hands or what strength hands your range and your opponent's range actually hit as the board plays out. So that's all the kind of stuff that I talk about and I teach in my brand new Flopzilla Pro course. What I would like you to do right now, um, and you're really going to benefit from this exercise. And actually, this is the action step I want to give you for the video. So I want you to go to smartpokerstudy.com Flopzilla sample two. You can also go to Flopzilla sample one for a different sample video, but Flopzilla sample two. That's going to take you to a range and board analysis sample video. The video itself is only 5 minutes and 39 seconds long. But I guarantee this video is going to teach you how to utilize Flopzilla Pro to look at ranges and how they interact with various boards. And directly below the video, there's an action step for you. You're going to uh, pit or put a 20% range against 6 different board types to see how well your 20% range... Uh, whatever that range is, however you want to build it, how well that range interacts with six different boards. At the same time, I want you to enter in a 30 or a 20 or a 40% callers range and see which board is best for you to bluff them on. Is it the high and dry ace nine deuce rainbow? Is it the one up two down king six four board? Or is it the all Broadway ace queen jack board? So once again, this is your action step, absolutely free sample video, five minutes and 39 seconds long, all about range and board analysis with Flopzilla Pro. Once again, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash Flopzilla sample two. Now, for those of you who don't use Flopzilla Pro just yet, and I guarantee pretty soon you're going to because you're going to see the value of this program with just this one sample video. But if you aren't using Flopzilla Pro, you could easily do this kind of work with any equity equity calculator, like the free Equilab, right? Just enter two different ranges, enter in the various boards, and see how the equities change on the various boards. And the general idea is, of course, if a range interacts favorably with a board, if they hit tons of top pair or better, tons of open-ended straight draws and a flush draws, then their equity will go up. So you can't necessarily see with different programs how often a range hits a flush draw, hits a top pair, hits a two pair but by viewing those changing equities, you know which one interacts better, and then just give it some thought. Oh, why did this range interact well with the board, but the other range did not? all right thank you so much for listening today make sure once again you go to the show notes page smartpokerstudy.com slash flopzilla pro for the screenshots of everything i discussed today as well as a link a link to that uh special sample video page smartpokerstudy.com slash flopzilla sample two, and of course right there on that page you can find a link to get my flopzilla pro course For all of you who've had Flopzilla Pro for a long time and you don't think that you're using it to its utmost you don't know how to really look at equities and ranges how they interact with boards pit range versus range use the graphing functions functions the hotness feature all that stuff I teach within the Flopzilla Pro course seven videos six parts two and a half hours of total instruction plus a bonus seven items as well with an additional one and a quarter hours of instruction 3.75 hours total for the flopzilla pro course to get the course for yourself just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash flopzilla pro course and until next time take action both on and off the felt with flopzilla pro to become the player that you want to be